Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Man, 
Um, I'm all right. Um, if you don't mind, though, it's something serious. I need to just get out there right quick. Um, so you guys know that, uh, well, I just took my second COVID booster and I'm having some side effects because um, what happened was I took it yesterday, and now my dog, she she stopped talking. She stopped cooking. Um, every time I say something to her, tail just wags uncontrollably, you know. So I'm not saying it was the shot, but, you know. Them side effects get you every time, man. You got to be careful with the side effects, man. It's, it's good to hear from you, Chandler. One more chef I want to get to bring in the building, man. Mr. Harvey, how we doing this evening, man? Welcome to the free crawl. Man, I'm doing good. It's always fun to chop it up with you. I'm excited to recap uh, what happened this past weekend and, and chop it up with uh, this NFL action. I, I I enjoy being right on some things, and uh, it, it, it's fun, man. <laughs> oh, but thanks for having me, as always. Hey, go anytime, Tigers. anytime, go man. Tigers, bro. Oh, go, go, pause that, pause that, pause that. We'll, we'll, we'll get into the Tiger talk here in a minute, especially when it, as it pertains to one Joe Burrow. But with that being said, um, I wanted to start right there in, in Dylan's, you know, backyard, if you will. The, the New York football giants went up to the link on in Philadelphia, and it kind of played out in the way in which I thought it would. Um, but I wanted to give Dylan um, a, a time to kind of lament and talk about uh, how he feels about uh, what took place in the stadium on Sunday and subsequently how his season unfolded. So, Dylan, talk to us, man. How you feel? Yeah, I mean, so about the game, um, and shout-out to Mike and, and Chandler. We have to hear from you guys. Um, listen, um, I thought it, they could keep it close. I thought, you know, after the Minnesota game, you know, we could keep it close. We could run the ball at the Eagles to give up over 120 yards on the ground. But it just shows how far away the Giants are from really, you know, contending in this league. Uh, it was a great feel-good story. But I mean, the Eagles when they when you get dominated on both sides of the on the line, offensive and defensive line, it's hard to win in this league, especially in the playoffs. I mean, it didn't matter who was playing quarterback, it didn't matter who was catching the ball, who was running the ball. When your offensive line can can dominate like that, it, there's not a lot you could do. And and the the Eagles' offense is so hard to defend when you know they have good receivers, they have a solid run running back and running game, and then they have a quarterback that can run and throw the ball. It, it's almost impossible to defend that. So, shout out to the Eagles. They deserve it. They're a really good team. Uh, everybody knows it. And the Giants, listen, they overachieved all year. Um, you know, they stepped up in class, and they, they got beat by a team that's better. Um, it, it sucks to to have such a great season, uh, a great turnaround, right, uh, from where we were last year to this year and to lose on such a down note like that, where we're 38 to 7. Um, but honestly, you know, look, I have to look past that game. That's why I'm not in a bad mood because I'm looking past that game and looking at all the good that we accomplished this year. Uh, I think we got a quarterback. We definitely got a coach. Uh, he just won a, a, a coach of the year award, not the coach of the year award, but a, a version of it um, that was his handed out. So, um, you know, the awards are starting to pile in for him. So we finally found a coach after years of searching since Tom Coughlin. Uh, we might have found our quarterback, that guy that we can lean on. Uh, and now it's in Joe Shane's uh, court to really get this team 
uh, the, the pieces that they need. Uh, it's now it's not about paying for the running back and paying for the quarterback. That's huge, right? We want Barkley, we want Jones, but we got to build a team around these guys. And uh, we got uh, some positions that address the cornerback, linebacker, um, offensive, probably interior offensive line, and definitely receiver. Uh, that's the biggest priority. But it's who to who to resign, who to let go, who to draft, and, and who to bring in, and how do we build this team? You know, um, I mean, honestly, at the end of the day, I, I kind of somewhat agree with your synopsis on what took place in the stadium on, on Sunday. Um, again, it, it wasn't close. Um, it really felt like the, the Giants were punching, you know, outside of the weight class, so to speak. Um, right. And that's essentially how I felt the game would unfold. Now, again, I, I, I was one that, you know, in, in August, I picked the Giants to, um, mm-hmm. to, to to go on this magic carpet ride and to and to get in the playoffs and, and, to, and to surprise a bunch of teams. So I felt as though um, Brian Dable would come in and do work. And again, Chandler and um, Mike, I'll get to you in a second. Um, but I definitely felt that Brian Dable would be able to come in and do work. I was just hoping that you know some some horses would come around uh, Daniel Jones. We saw what Brian Dable was able to do for Josh Allen um, and his tenure there. And if I, I'm not going to compare the two because they're not comparable, but we saw right. Josh Allen take a significant step in the opposite direction this year, uh, the first year without Brian Dable um, in a headset mm-hmm. there in Buffalo. Mr. Harvey, I, I'll come to you next, sir. I'll talk to New York Giants versus Philadelphia Eagles here. And I kind of wanted to get your opinion on how you felt that game unfolded. Um, I was spending more time on the Giants, but if you wanted to open it up and talk about the Philadelphia Eagles side of football, um, be my guest. But what did you think about that game on Sunday? Well, kind of going across the board, I think that once again, I think this past weekend showed us that the Minnesota defense has more holes in it than Swiss cheese. And so it made that Giants offense look like a well-oiled machine the week before. And once again, very improved. The Giants have a lot to be excited about. It sucks to be summarily dismissed like like they were because, listen, they they stepped up in class and they went in and played the number one seed, arguably the best team in the NFC all year. And, And quite honestly, the best two teams in the NFC are the ones that are hooking up this weekend in the NFC title game, right? Like, there's, there's, no, there's no denying that. If you're looking at it coming into the, to the playoffs, numbers one and two seeds, the two teams that a lot of the year, you know, once everything kind of started to unfold, the two teams that we thought would be contending for the Super Bowl are there fighting for that spot. Um, listen, I thought that for the Giants to win that game, they were going to have to have some help as far as, maybe some mistakes by Philly. They were going to have to do some things to sort of keep the Giants in that game or let them hang around. Uh, Jalen Hurts ripped it, made a few big throws early. And Philly did not – I mean, listen, they didn't play with their food, right? Like, And no offense to the Giants or anything else, but uh, they did what a number one seed is supposed to do uh, mm-hmm. in the divisional round. They jumped up early. They put this game to bed early. As a matter of fact, like, even when it was 14 nothing, I didn't really feel like the Giants had enough to really compete in that game. Uh, but 
but you know, obviously, by the end of the first half, the question is just what's the final score going to be, right? Like, I, we pretty much knew how the game was going to turn out. This is not an indictment on the Giants to me, as much as a you know a big ups to the Eagles. You played like a number one seed. You played like you were supposed to be there, and you know for. Some Giants fans, and Bill, and I know you're not one of these because you're actually a realistic fan. I left chopping it up with you. But for some Giants fans that were saying, well, Jones has to go, or Debo, blah, 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 get out of here, right? Like, this was a team you, you knew uh, with the Giants that they weren't going to – nobody, even the most optimistic Giants fans, even when they made the playoffs, did not expect the Giants to be in the NFC title game. Did not expect the Giants to be legitimate contenders to make a Super Bowl. I mean, obviously we know once you get to the postseason party, anything can happen. We've seen it happen over the years. But at the end of the day, the better team won the football game. They didn't play with their food. They took care of business and did what they were supposed to do. Now the Giants can regroup and come back. And now we can see, you know, how that shoulder holds up for Jalen Hurts and how they do. You know, once they step up in competition and have, I mean, let's be quite clear, even though it wasn't pretty this past weekend, just looking at the results, you know, Philly's hosting the hottest team in the National Football League this weekend. Not just in the NFC, but in the NFL. Rookie quarterback, now listen, he's going into an environment, we'll get to that later, but he's going to be going into an environment in Philly that's going to be more hostile than probably anything he's ever seen. Uh, But the Eagles did what they were supposed to do. They took care of business, and for uh, all of you Eagles fans, man, uh, you know, celebrate, be excited, and go to phiapparel.co and uh, use chefs at at, uh, checkout and get your uh, your Philly apparel because I know you want to represent your team. So go check them out. Shout out to one of our sponsors there. You know, uh, that was very well done, sir. Shout out to PHI Apparel, um, sponsors of this network here in Sports City Chefs. Chandler, I'm going to come to you, sir. I'm not too sure uh, how much of this game you saw, um, if, if any, but um, the Philadelphia Eagles took care of business against the New York football Giants uh, this past weekend in the divisional round. Um, wanted to get your takeaways on what you saw and what you felt as the game unfolded. Well, I um I watched Philly go up the first three three possessions and score three times. I'm like, yeah, this game's over. <laughs> this game's over. So you know, I took a nap and I checked back in around the fourth quarter and said, yep, they did what they were supposed to do. I mean, and and Mike touched on it. You got all these people screaming about this guy's a bust and oh my god, shut <laughs> up. If you had to, first of all, Giants fans were just hoping to go. What seven and ten this year? Yeah, like they, you know, yeah. realistically, six, six they were going to go about seven and ten. You know, six, and six. at some point, they all expected Tyrod Taylor to be the starting quarterback. So you got to the divisional round with a limited, god limited team, with your highest paid wide receiver. The best thing he could do was block. Okay, <laughs> your number one receiver's best attribute is he can block really well. All right, he can't catch, but he can block. All right? Come on, man. He can catch, catch that game check. I know that. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, listen, he threw some good blocks in the playoffs. That's about it, but that's not why you paid him all that money. So, 
you know, it, it worked out the way it was supposed to. Philly did what they were supposed to do. The Giants' future, to me, is very bright. Um, I, the management did not get overly crazy about this team and start going out and trying to mortgage the future, thinking they could win it all this year. Um, mm-hmm. They looked at the team and said, okay, let's see how far we go, and let's see where all the warts show up at if we make the playoffs, you know. Mm-hmm. And and, and what showed up? You need receivers. You know, you definitely need receivers. You, you know, I don't really, I think the offensive line is going to be really good. I think Evan Neal is going to be good. I think your defensive line is good. You may have to make a decision on Leonard Williams. But again, with Leonard Williams, as I said, when he was with the Jets, he's a run stopper. That one year he got all those sacks, that was an aberration. He's a run stopper. So I, I personally, I think you keep him if you, if it's affordable, if it's feasible, you know, but I think the Giants' future is bright. I think that you saw with, um, you know, Buffalo, and we'll get to them later, I, you know, we saw what they turned into without Dayball. So for the Giant, on the Giants' side of it, yes, it sucks to get smoked like that. But if you expected anything more than that, then, yes, you just you just a crazy Giants fan who, you know, you you left reality. As far as the Eagles go, man, look. They did exactly what they were were supposed to do. Jalen Hurts still looks like an MVP candidate to me, and honestly, I think he should win the MVP because it's it's. it's, I think he and Patrick Mahomes should share the MVP because they, to me, if you take Mahomes off Kansas City, listen, I I know Chad Henney had a great drive, but if you take Mahomes off Kansas City for five games, six games, they don't make the playoffs. If you take if Jalen Hurts had missed say seven games, right? Philly wouldn't have got that number one seed. That's how much of a difference he makes to that team and that locker room. So what we saw was what should have happened. The better team won. The better team dominated. I mean, you got to get out there playing playing with a torn groin. Anybody that's ever had an injured groin knows how much it hurts just to breathe when you're going hurt. Must let's go play football. Okay, so. Philly did exactly what they should have done. It was well done, and like you said, what else can you say? Yeah, yeah, I feel you on that. I mean, on, on the Philly side, I, I keep it brief because I wanted to actually come back to Zilla on, on, on a question and we could throw it around. But but on Philly mm-hmm. side, at the end of the day, um, they 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 played ball. You know, a lot a lot of people leading up to this game kept telling me. You know, it's very difficult to beat a team three times in a row. Um, the, the Giants are going to make this close. And, again, I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to throw shade at the Giants. At the end of the day, they got there. They played exceptional ball to, to, throughout the regular season. They, they, they went on the road. They beat the Minnesota Vikings team that has been playing with their food all year long and they finally um, came back to bite them in the behind, if you will, playing in these close games and whatnot. But at the end of the day, the Philadelphia Eagles did what they needed to do, and I'm very curious to see how they respond um, when they step up in weight class in the NFC Championship game. I wanted to come back to you, villain, uh, before we move on mm-hmm. with uh, this game. Um, Saquon Barkley's name is brought, being brought up a lot um, due to contract um, negotiations mm-hmm. and things of that nature. Um, how do you foresee – this plan out. Keep in mind, um, it's very difficult to get the same type of production out of a running back after you sign the second second deal. 
um, the statistics and, you know, shelf life and age or whatever uh, about that. But how do you feel that this plays out for, for Saquon in New York? Yeah, I mean, I, I think he'll be back. I think he has to be realistic. Um, you know, I think, you know, what he doesn't, he said he doesn't want to reset the market. But then the rumor is he's looking for a contract that Christian McCaffrey got, which is about $16 million a year. Um, and the rumor is that they offered him $12 million a year um, at, in, during the bye week, and they said no. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, Zeke got, what, six years, $90 million? He ain't seeing that type yeah. of money. There's no way he's getting that kind of money from the Giants. I think, the you know, the Giants can, can elect to franchise him, at ten million, and try to negotiate with them, and maybe play a little hardball. I don't see that happening. Um, Galladay is gets cut first, right? So that gets you about six million off the books. It's it's fourteen million in dead money, and then Leonard Williams, to Chandler's point, is eighteen million a year. He could get cut, and that frees up money too. Like you can cut him and bring in another tackle. Um, you know, because you're not paying him to be Aaron Donald, you're paying him to stop the run, and he's overpaid at that point too. Thanks, thanks, Dave Gettleman. But um, he might. He said he might take a pay cut. We don't know. Um, I would probably, I would probably restructure it so that he gets a lot of his money as a bonus, so that it doesn't count against the cap, and you keep him. Because uh, I like him on that defensive line with Big Dex, but you have to pay Dex too. So the the point is, serious. There's a lot of people that the Giants that that they were evaluated this year, that they would want to keep, like Jones, Barkley, Dexter Lawrence, obviously, uh, Julian Love, maybe Feliciano. So, like, there's guys that they might want to keep that they have to figure out, okay, can we really afford to give Saquon Barkley $16 million of the 54 to $60 million in cap space that we have, knowing you have to pay your quarterback about $35, 40000000 million? So, I don't know. I, I don't know what's going to happen. I, to me, and I don't know if you guys agree, I'd franchise them and, and roll the dice. See, I, here's the issue I have with that. And, again, uh, I'll let the other two chime in if they so choose to. I hate the idea of franchising a guy like a Saquon Barkley. I do believe that um, he earned his money. He He, he earned it. Um, and I understand the, the leverage that a franchise tag um, gives teams, but at the end of the day, we've all we've also seen that that, that backfire um, on teams that are just playing hardball. Like if if you guys can't legitimately come to a number, but you guys are close, tag them. Mm-hmm. You know, do what you got to do, and then work it out. You know, as training camp starts or whatever the case may be. But don't tag them just to be like, you know, f you. We want to pay you below market right. value, and then spend it elsewhere. Right. You know, I, I, I think that's a bad. I agree, I, I agree with you. I think I think you tag them, serious. I think you tag them, and then you negotiate. I because I, I think you right, tag right. him so he doesn't go to another team. You don't want him to go right. to another team. Um, he could because Buffalo would need him. They could use him, right? So, tag him so he's in the house, and then negotiate with him to try and work it out. Okay, I feel you, Chandler, Mr. Harvey. Any any you know ideas on what Saquon Barkley should do or what the Giants are going to do with Saquon? 
Yeah. Um, see, it's to me, again, it's real simple. Um, you give him 13 and a half. You split the difference because he's already said out of his own mouth that he understands that he's been hurt for two years. He, he understands he's got to be realistic. So you're off from 13 and a half. Um, you can give Leonard Williams probably 15 um, because, again, you're not going to give him 18. I think Leonard Williams wants to be here. I think Leonard Williams also understands that he ain't going to get that big money because he's not a sack getter. But if well, he's you accept him for what he is. He's already under now? contract for 18. He's already under contract for 18. That's why I say you got to well, renegotiate. Yeah, you, yeah, you got to yeah. restructure it, I think, and, and you know, and, and get it down, let's say, around 15. Um, the guy I franchise, believe it or not, is Dexter Lawrence. But you don't have to. Dexter Lawrence. But you don't have to. He's on his deal. He's on his rookie deal. Okay, well, but you have to. You want to extend him now before his value goes up even more, and you have to pay a lot more next year. Actually, actually, I don't. But see, I don't because I want to see him do it again. And if he does it again, then I'll pay you. Mm-hmm. See, that's the thing is, I need to see you do this again because this is the first year that he's really played like this. So, you know what? For me, especially with defense, when guys are coming into when they can get some money, you got to do it again. You got to okay. do it again for me, and then I'm going to pay you. So, I don't pay him yet unless he wants – unless he's willing to take something reasonable. But, he's, you know, if he, if he wants, you know, like close to Aaron Donald, son, you got to give me another year, and then I'll pay you, you know – in that tier, I think you can get yeah. Daniel Jones for 30. I don't think you have to go over over 30 for Daniel Jones. Now, the market says he should get closer to 35 to 40 because that's what starting quarterbacks are getting. But mm-hmm. I think you can get him for between 27 and 30 is what I think you get Jones for. Like I said, I think Saquon will take 13 and a half. I think he'll do it. I think if you, I hope you offered him that right now, I think he'd sign on the dotted line because, he again, He's a local kid. He wants to be here. He's a smart kid, and he understands, even if it's just a one-year deal, you know, from his, okay, give me a one-year deal for 13 and a half, and, and, let's, work, and, and let's see. Now, if I repeat this, then y'all got to come see me next year. You understand what I'm saying? But see, let, me, let, me, so, let me ask you this question, though. Would you, would, would you do that same thing with Daniel Jones? No. No, you Not can't because – well, and, and the fact that um, – now, this is if you keep him because we ain't guaranteed that they're going to keep him, okay, because Brian Dabo may think, I've maxed this guy out. That's all I can get out of him. This is who he is because he cannot pass you to a win. And at some point, you have to have a quarterback that can make those seven throws. Daniel Jones can make four of those throws. He can't make seven, which means that well, – Daniel Jones is a really talented Dak-level quarterback, Kirk Cousins-level quarterback. That's what he is, and that's fine. That's fine. It's not a knock. It's fine. But you can't pay him like he's a franchise changer. Let me ask you this question as we talk to that. As we talk to that, does that have to do with Daniel Jones, or does that have to do with the talent around him? Like he was, that's he was out with dudes named Hodges and, and, and Kenny Galladay and you know Darius Slayton. He's also a free agent. Like I, I, I mean, again, I'm not the biggest Daniel Jones supporter, but I can't say that he can't do it because you never seen him do it with the talent around him. Right, you put him on that Eagles. You put him on that Eagles team 
right, Mike? If you put him and swapped him and Jalen Hurts, what's the, what would be the difference? No, it's a lot. Like, huge difference. It's a huge difference. Stop it's, it. a, it's, a, it's a running quarterback that can make the throws. Daniel Jones can do that behind a good offensive line with good receivers on the outside, a good tight end, Stop a running it. game. Stop it. You, you, Stop you don't it. think Daniel Jones can do that on that offense? You don't think he well, can have well, some well, good numbers well, on that good offense? Let me tell you Go ahead, Mike. Let me tell you this. First of all, I do not agree. Uh, I, I agreed with everything until you just got to that last point. Uh, I've got to see it from Daniel Jones. Uh, I, I think you are uh, talking with your, with your Giants glasses on when you say that. And I, I, once again, I could be wrong, and if I got to eat crow, I'll get plenty of hot sauce and do that. I think Daniel Jones, I don't know that he's reached his ceiling. I think that he took a giant step forward this year. But I do think, and I know this is the case for some other quarterbacks in the league, but I don't want to go to any other team right now. I'm just mentioning the Giants. I think that you've got to upgrade the weapons on the outside to really get a feel for what this guy can do. Because I think there's a possibility that he can make those throws. There's a possibility that he can take right, another right. step and progress. We got receivers that were signed off the streets, bro. You, your most productive receiver last weekend was a guy you just picked up in November. Listen, this is scrap heap, you know, scrap iron, like uh, stuff you went to the junkyard to go get uh, to line up on the outside at the receiver position for the most part. And the one guy – that you paid the most money to uh, was, you know, did a lot of where's Waldo. He was a blocker. Uh, he was yeah, a blocker. Uh, yeah, but, 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 Mike, what are you saying like, that I have my Giants glasses on? Like, I'm not trying to hate on, like, you know, get into an argument. I just want to know what part do you think I have my Giants glasses on? I, I just haven't, I haven't seen, and, and, and part of it could be because of the weapons, but I haven't seen mm-hmm. enough from Daniel Jones to think that he is uh, – that he's on a Jalen Hurts level. I, I just haven't because – No, no, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say – I don't want to say that he's on a Jalen Hurts level. I, I think – I apologize if that's what you guys think I, I'm saying. I think if – I'm saying if you had the weapons, if he was on that Eagles offense, he could have a better year than he had this year because – we're talking oh, 15 sure. touchdowns in 16 games. Like, you know, he didn't – his the numbers, he had career highs in passing yards. It was only 3,000 3, yards. I mean, you know, it yeah, wasn't that, like mind-boggling. You know what I mean? That's a fact. He but, has but, better but, numbers if he has those weapons. I did, but right. That's, the, and that's the what way, I'm trying to allude to. Yeah, I don't think yeah, he'd yeah, be MVP want, level. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't think I, he'd be MVP level. But I, I think he could be I, he's a going. better quarterback. The way I took it was you saying Dylan. that if Daniel Jones was a quarterback on that Eagles team, that they would be the same place that they are now. No, 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 no. Okay, that's the way. That's the way I first heard you say that. So that's why I said you had your Giants glasses on. Can, can I just say this? Daniel Jones is still a half field reader. He's still only a half field reader. But he's five I, years in. A, no, 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 stop, no. Hold a, on, is, hold on. Okay, hold right, on. Good. He is still only a half field reader. Now, you can talk about weapons all you want. This dude still can't read the full field. Still can't. And if you watch him, when you make him pass, make him a passer, okay, he can't get past his second option. 
And then he starts making bad decisions. He gets happy feet. He gets nervous. He starts patting the ball. He starts second-guessing himself. You're four years in. You're still only a half-field reader. Okay? You're not making line calls. You're not doing check with me's. Okay? What I'm saying is I'm not knocking Daniel Jones. That's not what I'm trying to do here. What I'm saying is he is limited. Yes, he is very physically talented. There's a lot of guys that are physically talented, and they're just okay. Okay? He's a half-field reader. Now, you can put weapons yeah, on I, 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 I don't. I don't agree with that, Chair. I, I really don't because I'm going to push back on that with the pat and the ball holding in the pocket because I didn't see a lot of that this year holding the ball and making bad decisions. He had his you lowest turnover. You saw it Sunday. Yeah, you saw it this Sunday weekend. because he had, to sit, he had to sit back and throw from behind. That's not how this offense is constructed. They don't have any receivers to do that. And once you take the running game away, especially being behind, there's nothing you can do. And the offensive line was getting humiliated by a really but good defense. that's why you line. can't like, pay him. Like 70 70 sacks this year. So, I mean, like, I understand, I, I get what you're saying. He's a half-field reader, but I'm looking at a guy that has to get the ball out of his hands in two seconds because, you know, let, Neil, Evan Neal had a tough time on, on the on the edge. They had pressure up the middle because the guards sucked. And, and the only guy that was a really good tackle was was was, was Andrew Thomas. So, I, I get what you're saying. I agree with you, but I disagree because the offense was so limited. My point yeah. is you can't Billy. pay him at the top of the market if he oh, is limited when – Okay, so, and that's and why I, think, I said I they may move on cousin, from him. I think your cousin's comparison is very valid. I, I think that's very valid. Yeah, I think that's where he is, and that's okay. If Dave Bowe wants to work with that, and I think he can, or they may choose to try to do something different. But, again, I wouldn't franchise him because it's too much. I think maybe you just give him a one-year deal. If you I can upgrade the, the weapons, I don't know. I'll tell you what I would do. Guys. I'll tell you what I would do. I would give him two. I would give him uh, guaranteed money. I mean, like guaranteed for that first year. Give him a decent amount of guarantee where you could possibly get out if you wanted to after year one. We understand that there's not really a, a huge amount of loyalty in the NFL, right? So <clears throat> I give him two years. So he's not necessarily looking over his shoulder next year, worried about his job. What I can tell you is the grass is not always greener on the other side if you decide to cut bait because you're not exactly sure what you're going to be fishing with next. So uh, I think I probably see if I can do a couple of years, if maybe I can do something like 50 57 over two. 50. That's too much for over two point. years. That, that, no, over two. That, 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 no, no, not for not for a year. Over over two years. I'm talking about total. I'm talking about total. I'm talking about 25 per. I'm talking that's about 25 per. That's too much. That's too much for Daniel. That's too low. That's, that's not too much for Daniel. He could have got that if he was extended on a rookie deal. He's not. He's not but, taking that. But, but my I try to see if I can find a way to extend him out for two years. To let him know, okay, you're our guy right now. We believe in you. And then I try to upgrade my weapons around him and see where we can really go. Because yeah. I, guys, I, do I got a question on Daniel be... Jones. Good. I, I, have to, I have to stop y'all because I – what's up, fellas? What's going on, chefs? Miss you, miss you guys. I, I, I got really fired up by this Daniel Jones conversation. I think there's two things so, so that haven't come up. I can't believe – 
can't yeah, – absolutely, that's what I'm doing. Um, first problem, I think Barry's right. I actually think he's spot on on Daniel Jones. I think he's not, you know, MVP level, but I don't think he's the worst quarterback, and he could do a heck of a lot worse. One thing that Daniel Jones has done recently, though, is this was his first year under a new coach and, and under that offense. And I feel like if you were to just take this season in a vacuum and say, okay, this was Daniel Jones' first season, I think every single Giants fan and a lot of NFL fans would say, oh, my gosh, this guy has a lot of promise. Look at what he did without any weapons. If this was his first year, you know, a lot of me, I mean, the guy came up, look at his first head coaches. I don't think they had offenses that suited him. Now he's in an offense that suits him. And I think the Giants just need to put some of the pieces around him. If you look at their cap situation, it's pretty decent. It's not great. It's not the worst. It's one of the better ones, and I think it will get better. But if you take off a lot of that dead weight on the Giants roster, that team has so much potential. And I think they take Daniel Jones, surround him with some weapons like you guys have all been saying, give him a couple receivers. I mean, when you're out there with Kenny Galladay as your top dollar receiver, that's not going to fly. But you give him some weapons, you know, compliment Saquon, who only has a few years, you know, of, of top-shelf level left. I don't know, man. I think the one thing that nobody's addressed here, I don't think I've heard one of you, maybe I missed it, but do you truly all think the Giants are going to be the only suitor for Daniel Jones? Will the Giants be no. only bidding against themselves? Or do you think somebody else might try to jump in and increase that dollar value? That, that's why you got to give him a four-year deal, Dave, because – you, you're, are you telling me that Carolina wouldn't swoop in and give him a four or five year deal just because they definitely need no, a quarterback? You don't think they no, would? They absolutely over, would. You don't think no, they, they would take would. him over Sam Darnold right so. now? You no, because they're going to draft the quarterback. They're going to draft one but, so they can build the team and, and keep this guy cheap. They're not going to. You, man, y'all overvaluing Daniel Jones again. Here we go again. overvaluing Daniel Jones, Chandler. I'm just yes. saying. Yes. Listen, listen, listen to what Dave said. In, in Dable's first year, every problem that Daniel Jones has was fixed. The turnovers, no, the happy feet. Yes, it was. He had like the no, lowest turnovers, the second lowest turnovers in the league. What are we How many games about? did you win? How many games did you win? How many games did you win? How many games did you win? Nine okay. games. What difference so does that make, though? Daniel Jones is a nine or ten win quarterback. That's not winning you a Super Bowl. Eli won a Super Bowl in a nine and seventeen. Yeah, I kind what of think nine or ten. Oh, no, so now, now he's Eli Manning. Okay, I'm, I'm out. I'm out. Did I say, did I say he's Eli Manning? Did I say Daniel Jones equals Eli Manning? You're saying a nine <laughs> yes, win can't win you a Super Bowl. I'm telling you, nine, <laughs> nine and seven won us the Super Bowl. I said nine and seven. Won the Giants the Super Bowl. I didn't say a nine and seven Eli Manning led Super Bowl team is what Daniel Jones is going to become. Ben, I did not Barry, say. Let me let me help you. I'm telling this. you, it I, is so Daniel hard Jones, in this league to find a quarterback. It is. Daniel ask, Jones gives ask, you an ask. opportunity. That's all you need right That's now. That's the word you're looking for, Barry. An opportunity team counts for so much. Nobody said Her- Jalen Hurts was a Super Bowl caliber quarterback after he got blown out against the uh, against the Bucks last year. They put a couple weapons around him at on draft day with AJ a- 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 Green and company, AJ Brown, I mean, and company. And now this kid is one game away from the Super Bowl, which they should get to. Nobody was saying that after Jalen Hurts' first year. Nobody. I did. I did. I said it about Jalen Hurts. I thought Jalen Hurts. And, and, and y'all get go out because I don't even know if I was doing shows with y'all. But I did say that. I thought Jalen Hurts was going to get better. I saw everything Jalen Hurts I needed to see. 
he just had he just had to work out some kinks and, 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 and some other things. But I saw everything but out of Jalen Hurts. That's what they were saying with Daniel Jones. Like, why are we like we were being hypocritical now? Oh my now. God! Nobody was saying okay, that. We, there were a You're lot right. of question marks coming into the season with Jalen Hurts. No, no Not shade on that kid at all. Not okay. for me. All Not right. for me. They weren't. Okay. All right. Calling numbers nine two nine four seven seven two seven five nine. That new voice you hear, ladies and gentlemen, is the resident Jets fan in the building. Dave, man, thanks for coming through um, and, and throwing some more gasoline on the fire. I didn't expect to spend an hour and some change talking about the New York Football Giants, but you know my my head hurts. My head hurts. You know, oh, okay, relax to us. Yeah. Good God. You know what I'm saying? That's a, that's, let's that's let's, let's talk about the Cowboys. About, that's, that's almost as bad as talking about Teddy Bridgewater, but shout out to Greenwood, man, wherever he's at, man, probably in the mountains somewhere. <laughs> yeah. 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 The, other game, the other game I wanted to spend some time talking about, the other game I want to spend some time talking about um, is actually on the AFC side. I wanted to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals-Buffalo Bills game, um, mm. and I'm going to tie in a conversation we had offline about, you know, Joe Burrow somewhat being better than Josh Allen. So, Mr. Harvey, I'm, I'm actually going to come to you first with this one. Um, AFC side of the football, um, the Cincinnati Bengals literally left no doubt, no doubt um, about what, what was going on in that ball game. So what, what did you feel, plays that as you saw it as it pertains to this uh, Cincinnati Bengals-Buffalo Bills matchup? Listen, they went into the belly of the beast, bro. Like, he's beaten this guy twice now in the playoffs. Uh, this was a game that I I kind of wondered with the line miss, missing. I said that if they could protect him, that Burrow would be okay. He didn't take a ton of hits. Uh, Buffalo really missed Bond Miller. But, you know, listen, Buffalo went all in this year. They were the Super Bowl favorite going into this season. Uh I'm telling you guys right now, uh, as good a player as Josh Allen may be, um, I will take Joey Burrow 10 times out of 10 over Josh Allen. I think he's a better quarterback. I think he's a better leader and a better player. Um, He may not be the rushing threat that Josh Allen is, and maybe his arm's not quite as strong, but as far as his ability to make decisions and, and fling that thing, uh, listen, he can do it. And <clears throat> he's got the weapons I said on Sunday. Uh, and I, I was disagreed with by one of our, uh, one person on the, on the podcast. I said on S- Sunday, I thought that Joe Burrow had more weapons in the passing game. <clears throat> and I liked his weapons better than I did Josh Allen's. <clears throat> and it came to be true. And this is the thing about this game is, fellas, they didn't just go in and eat this one out. Like, as as you just said, serious man, they came in, they left no doubt. Listen, they they, they kicked the door down, and, <clears throat> and Joe Burrow, you know, basically went into Josh Allen's house and took the big piece of chicken. I mean, that's what happened uh, this past Sunday. We can call it however we want to. We could say this or that or this could have happened or whatever else. But Joe Burrow in Cincinnati went in and left no doubt and took care of business. And there were a lot of people that said last year, I kept telling people even after last year, I'm like, listen, this man in his second year took the Cincinnati Bengals to the Super Bowl. Like, you want to talk about, like, starting to write a story, whatever else. He took Cincinnati Super Bowl. Some people were saying, well, it's one year. That's kind of a fluke. Okay, no more fluke, bro. I don't care what happens this weekend. 
Uh, that's going to be interesting. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, tomorrow as we go throughout this week. But I think when you look at that win this past weekend, because they didn't just win, they beat them impressively. Uh, I think that uh, it, it's no fluke, man. Listen, uh, Joe Burrow uh, has definitely arrived as one of the top two quarterbacks in the National Football League. Yo, to be honest with you, um, I mean, I think that was very well said. You know, my perspective, and Chandler, I, I'll come to you after, after I say a little bit, something on it. Um, from my perspective, this game really, the score wasn't indicative of how bad the Bengals beat them. Period, point blank in the discussion. There was a touchdown taken off the board. Um, there was a fumble and, and, and plus territory that was ruled an incomplete pass. Um, Josh Allen just overthrew receivers. He had issues with Stephon Diggs. It, 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 it just didn't look good. Under no circumstances, it just didn't look good. Um, I'm hearing reports now that Diggs wants out of Buffalo. It's, it's, it's just a lot going on right now. And the thing that's not getting much talk, you know, you know, getting much play, and not necessarily the, the offense, it's the Cincinnati Bengals defense. You know, they, they, they were able to go into that building and, 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 and keep Gabe Davis, you know, in check, keep Stephon Diggs in check. You know, the, the running game, once again, was non-existent. Um, and so for these preseason darlings, if you will, in the Buffalo Bills that everybody had, you know, penciled into an AFC championship game uh, with the Kansas City Chiefs, you know, weeks in advance, for these darlings that everybody thought were, has arrived, they ain't done nothing but get to a divisional round three weeks, three years in a row and come up short. At the end of the day, they, they have came up short every time. I saw I saw a report that said Josh Allen is morphing himself into this this generation's version of Phil Rivers, a oh, guy man. who accumulates uh, a guy who accumulates stats after stats after stats in the regular season, but fails to 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 get his team over the hump. Who cries and those temper tensions like a little kid starts fights but then can't finish fights. You push, you push defenders after you throw an interception, and then you get pushed back, and then you walk away as if you didn't start nothing. You know, so don't, don't get me started on Josh Allen, but I, I, I wanted to tip my cap to the Cincinnati Bengals, and, and, and I think Joe Burrow said it perfectly um, as the post game. You need to start shooting those refunds, you know, because everybody and their mother counted them out and, you know, kind of penciled the, the Buffalo Bills and Kansas City Chiefs in, in Atlanta, uh, clearly forgetting that Josh Allen has yet to beat Joe Burrow um, in, in, Joe, in Joe Burrow's career. You know, I, I don't think it's close. I said this offline. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, um, and then let the chips fall where they may. But, uh, Chandler, I'll come to you next, sir, this AFC division round game against, um, the Buffalo Bills and the Cincinnati Bengals. How did you see it? Well, I, I thought Cincinnati would win, but you know I'm so glad that I don't have a team to root for anymore because the home the homerism is high today. As Yoda would say, high homerism there is because you got the Louisiana dude and, and we got the Giants guy. So I'm just saying. Um, listen, the Cincinnati Bengals dog walked. 
the Bills. And I said this to Ty in a text, and he said I didn't know what I was talking about. I said the Buffalo Bills are a more talented version of the Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton. There are more talented versions of the Carolina Panthers with Cam Newton. That's what they are. I'm a Saints fan, bro. I'm a Saints fan. I just appreciate Joe Burrow for what he did at LSU. Oh yeah, but, okay. He's a, he's an LSU guy. Stop Rulet, it, Mike. Rulet, Stop and, and Rulet, Stop it. From New Orleans. So anyway, Mike. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wasn't surprised at what happened. Sean McDermott is a defensive coach whose team suck at defense. I said, what's going to happen is there's going to be a defensive breakdown, and they're going to the secondary is going to give up a big play. And on the very first drive, what happened? It was a defensive breakdown, and they gave up a big play. And the route was on. And the route was on. How do you let Jamar Chase run wide open? Wide open. And then y'all looking at each other like, well, who had it? I don't know. You know, they playing the three stooges out there. Of all the people to lose track of on the field, he's the most explosive. That's not the guy you lose. I mean, Higgins is good. But you, but you you want to lose Higgins before you lose Chase. Exactly. So, and if if Diggs does one out, it's because he he finds himself in the same situation he was in in Minnesota. He's got a defensive coach. He's got a talented quarterback and a defensive coach who can't coach defense and damn sure can't coach offense. Because Josh Allen does not look like the guy we saw with Brian Dayball. There is exactly. a reason for that. There is a yes, reason sir. for that. Sean McDermott, you you dude, your defense sucks. You can't get a pass rush. You had to sign a 100-year-old Von Miller. And even injured, he was still your best defensive player. The Bengals are a really good team. And this dude, Zach Taylor, is actually turning out to be a good coach. Because remember, there was a minute there. We're like, dude, um, should you even be – should you be coaching high school? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Your, quarter, your quarterback is getting sacked every play, and you're still doing seven-step drops. Why are you here? He has learned. The team has gotten better. The defense has gotten better. I would say when, if you're just going to compare the two, obviously Josh Allen is more talented. I think Josh Allen can be a really good quarterback. I think he can be a top-five quarterback. But he needs coaching. He needs better coaching. He needs a Brian Dayball type of play caller, a Sean McVay type of play caller, a Kyle Shanahan type of play caller. He needs an elite play caller. He needs an elite offensive mind in order for him to be at his best. If you just give him a run-of-the-mill um, average offensive mind, Josh Allen is going to look exactly how he looks. And, and in many ways, he's the same thing I said about Daniel Jones. Two reads, and I'm going to throw a bomb or I'm going to run. I'm going to throw a bomb or I'm going to run or I'm going to throw it at your feet. Right. I'm going to throw it at your feet. I'm going to throw it over your head. I'm going to throw it to the left. I'm going to throw it to the right. Now, if anybody should have been struggling in that weather, it should have been Joe Burrow. How many passes did Joe Burrow throw at anybody's feet? None. Not one. None. So, Those jokers were on the so, Right. And, but this just and, the, 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 the conversation around Burrow, and it's not his fault, is making me not want to root for him. It has nothing to do with him. But there's a conversation around him that I find offensive as hell. And it has nothing Talk to do with it. him, but there's coded language being used for Burrow. Now, 
um, when it comes to comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. Okay, the, well, you know, Patrick Mahomes is a great player, but Joe Burrow's a quarterback because he can read defenses. Right. You, what, you think Patrick Mahomes can't read defenses? Wait, you think Patrick Mahomes I don't said, do check with knees? You don't, do, you don't think I, Patrick I Mahomes called line protections? Nobody here said, said that, but second. you guys have heard it. You guys have heard it all day today and yesterday that there's all of the coded I, language that you use when you have an athletic black quarterback. When you start saying he's just a player and he's not a quarterback, you can give Joe Burrow his flowers without denigrating Patrick Mahomes. That's my issue right now. And, again, it's got nothing to do with Joe Burrow. It's just really offensive to me. Okay, so if we're going to go there real quick, I know you want to go to Villain, but if we're going to go there real quick, let, let, let me just be quite, quite clear. Uh, uh, because th- there's one other thing I wanted to throw in on this, but, but let me just respond real quick. For my money, the best quarterback in the National Football League is Patrick Mahomes, period, point blank. There's no question. He can make throws that other people can't make. Yes, he reads defenses. He does check with me. He does all those things. And Pat Mahomes, it, to me, is the best quarterback in the league. Uh, as far as sheer arm talent and other tools, there may be some guys better than Joe Burrow, but because of his the way he reads and because of the throws that he makes and, and the way he gets the ball out and as accurate he is, as he is, I right now spot Joe Burrow behind Pat Mahomes as the second-best quarterback in the league. I think he's better than Josh Allen. Uh, now, maybe not maybe not the measurables that you see, but as far as just the intangibles for playing the position, I slide him ahead of Josh Allen. I think he's better than Josh Allen. I do not put him ahead of Mahomes. I, I probably still won't put him ahead of Mahomes even if they win this, this weekend. However, if he beats him twice in his own house in the playoffs, you at least have to say he belongs in the conversation with him. Is he better than? No. And, and let, me make, let me make it quite clear. Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback, period, point blank. Have we heard that other places? Sure, but not on this network and not from this dude who loves Joe Burrow. That being said, uh, the, the, the other thing that I, you mentioned, the point about Dabo, uh, Brian Dabo, and that being uh, Josh Allen's best offensive year, once again, is he does need that play call. I 100% agree with you on that, Chandler. And then the, the last thing I want to say, and this is what gets me about Buffalo, in that weather. This is the franchise that brought you Thurman Thomas, that had Marshawn Lynch, that had Willis McGahee, that had Frank Gore for a minute. This is a franchise that has always been good at the running back position. You got to play in the snow. It gets cold in Buffalo. This is kind of like I've told you guys about Aaron Rodgers at home field advantage in January in Green Bay. This is a team that needs to at times be able to run the football. You're asking a guy to throw the ball. How many times did he throw the ball the other day? 45 times? 40 someone. 45 and, times, yeah. Yeah. In, in that kind of weather, in late afternoon with, with snow coming, and that snow was coming down for real. You know what I mean? Like, uh, to me, that, that's not how you win. That's bad play calling. That being said, they don't have the horses to – they didn't have the horses to match up with Cincinnati and weren't going to win. But Buffalo's got to find a way to find some more balance. Well, see, here, 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 here's what I'm going to say on that, and then, Dylan, I'll come over to you. Um, I think the issue at hand was not the fact that Buffalo could not run the ball because at the end of the day, you only run the plays that are called. 
if you look back throughout the little bit of their season, they started to get Cook involved. They started to run the ball with Singletary. They, they, they started to establish something, and then all of a sudden, in my opinion, based off of what I've seen, they decided to, you know, air raid it out and, and throw it all over the yard and, 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 and try to morph Josh Allen into this um, every man, you know, again, Cam Newton style, like Cam was alluded to. I didn't even think about it until he just mentioned it. Um, but essentially, that is the style of play that they're having and that they're playing. Villain, I'll I, I come to you, man. Like, this, this AFC division round with the Buffalo Bills and, and, and the Cincinnati Bengals, um, it, it was a route. And you kind of hear, you know, how the rest of us chefs think about it. But I wanted to give you the opportunity to, to talk about it a little bit. How, how, how was your take on this Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals matchup? Yeah, um, I'll talk about the game first, and then I'll get into the, the quarterbacks and all that. But um, Cincinnati didn't have a chance; uh, didn't give the Bills a chance. Bills didn't have a chance in this game. Cincinnati said, "Oh, so you think um, that the neutral field and all that stuff is going to be an issue and all that? Like y'all must have forgot we here too. We just went to the Super Bowl last year, and they they slapped the Bills around. The Bills are a dome team in an outdoor stadium." That's the problem. They're built to be a dome team, and to Mike's point, they don't have a running game. Their running game is, is Josh Allen. Um, they were they were really never in this game. There was no point in this game where I thought Buffalo had a chance to get into this game and, and make this a close contest. Like, there was never a point in time. Um, Joe Burrow was able to do whatever he wanted to. Um, he was able to they, – they, 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 the Bengals have three really good receivers. They have two good running backs, and they have a solid offensive line that everybody, including me, thought was going to get taken advantage of, and they dominated the line of scrimmage with three guys out. Um, the Bengals are for real. Um, Buffalo needs to reevaluate their roster a little bit as far as the defense is concerned. I think the defense was glaringly dominated. Uh, the offense only scored 10 points, a high-powered offense, yeah. Um, and credit Cincinnati's defense on doing that very short, I think, all year. Uh, Miami game in the playoffs was, was glaring, and then this game. Um, they had no help in the secondary. They had no pass rush to Chandler's point. Uh, no, nobody to really get after anybody when, once Paul Miller went down. They need to really kind of get back to what they need to do on defense, Buffalo, because they've had good defenses, but – uh, this year, I think they've traded some offensive weapons um, for, for, you know, some defense for the offense or what have you. So I think that's a big problem. I agree with Chandler in that um, don't praise Joe Burrow by tearing down Patrick Mahomes, which I don't really think a lot of people were trying to do, but I think they were trying to say he's better. And, and I, I think it's opinion-based, but I will never put Burrow ahead of Mahomes until Burrow is got got a trophy, being the Super Bowl trophy. But we better start putting Burrow in that conversation. I think everybody thinks of Allen and Mahomes, and then it's Burrow. And now we have to say it's Mahomes and Burrow, and then Allen. And Allen's got to prove it in the playoffs. He He lost at home. He lost a close one to Kansas City last year. I mean, he's got a lot to prove, but Joe Burrow has 
you got to look at there's so many different ways to look at it, but he took an organization that was a joke and and that didn't win on the road very much, and he's got them one game to their second straight Super Bowl appearance, you know, road games and all. Like, Joe Burrow, if he – I don't know why he's not in the MVP conversation this year, but he damn sure will be in it next year because he's that dude. I said John B. reincarnated, you know what I mean? Like, we were singing the songs and it was a joke. But this guy, nothing phases him. He, Why people say he's he's the best quarterback in the league is because he does everything that a quarterback can do. He can throw deep. He can throw short. He can make the quick read. He can make the, the – he can be zone coverage. He can be man coverage. He can run out of the pocket. He's cool. He's not, the, the moment's not too – this guy, every box he pretty much checks off. And that's not saying that he's better than Mahomes, but this guy checks off every box. And we got to start really putting respect on – not that we weren't putting respect on his name, but we got to start talking about this guy as top three easy and probably number two in this league. Pat I Mahomes think the issue that this he year. brought uh, – My bad, my bad. No, 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 no. Mahomes – Go ahead, bro. Go ahead, No, what, no I was just going to say, say Mahomes is my MVP this year. The thing with Burrow is the reason why he wasn't in the conversation this year, villain, uh, probably has a lot to do with the fact that he had that appendectomy and all that at the very end of the uh, regular season. So if you watch him the first uh, four or five weeks a year, it took him a little while to get back to full strength and gain his weight back and be back ready. I mean, he looked like a shell of himself in that first game against the Steelers didn't look great. Even uh, early on against Baltimore. I mean, it, it took him a few weeks to really find his stride and get into this season. Um, and so I, I think the slow start is why he's not in, in the MVP conversation at all this year. Uh, but I think if he's healthy uh, from the, from the start of the season next year, he will be in that conversation, but Pat Mahomes has to be the MVP this year. So here's my, here's my reasoning for that. Um, I, I think a lot of the reason as to why he's not in the MVP discussion, if you will, is because this is a guy who gets hit so much. And, you know, people like to look at an MVP as, as, as a guy who, you know, you know throws amazing touchdowns and, and leads his team and this, that, and the third, but his offensive line gets this guy killed so much that there are times and there are games where he doesn't he doesn't look the part. Now, for all the praise and the accolades that were given Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals uh, for what they did on Sunday, uh, let's not forget uh, a week ago he he somewhat struggled a little bit um, versus the Baltimore Ravens. That that was a very very close game, you know. So when he plays defenses and teams, if you will that uh, do not have an issue with the pass rush when they, he plays defenses and teams that can afford to, to, to man up and, and, and give his receivers some fit, he hasn't shown yet the ability to, to, to pull something out of his bag. And everybody said, well, he's in the AFC Championship game uh, uh, second straight year and this, that, and the third. I mean, again, this is, this is no shade to him, you know, um, but I, I think for people um, to, to to put Joe Burrow 
in that same stratosphere, if you will. First of all, he has to do it all year round, and he has to be consistent with it all year round. But second of all, um, his team needs to do a better job of highlighting his his talents and his attributes by not letting this dude be the league leading in, in sacks for a a, a non mobile quarterback. I, I I think that's really what's holding them back, in my opinion. I mean, this is this is me pulling at hairs, but at the end of the day, that's that's what I think may be holding them up. But that being said, serious. My one response to you is this: How many quarterbacks do we know? That if they got hit like that, they start becoming, they start getting happy feet, they start short arming, they start like not following through on techniques. We've all seen our team able to rush the passer and really put hits on them and get those quarterback rattles. So uh, those throws that they were stepping into in that first quarter and those throws that looked so crisp were either at people's feet being overthrown, uh, you know, Josh Allen style or whatever, those throws were, were off target as they took licks throughout the game. So the fact that he has taken this kind of beating and been able to persevere uh, says something for the caliber of player that he is. I mean, I, again, I definitely agree with you. I mean, I tip my cap to him for, for somebody to take that big of a beating and still, you know, essentially get up and, and, and still be Joe Cool like he is. I mean, I, again, I tip my cap to him. Calling numbers 939-477-2759. Um, I wanted to kind of go over uh, some news and notes from around the league. I don't really feel the need to really um, address the the Jacksonville Jaguars game uh, and the Kansas City Chiefs game too much, but I did want to land tonight's show um, on the Dallas Cowboys and the San Francisco 49ers game. Um, a lot is being made um, about this particular game. Um, the the over under was low because both defenses are as good as advertised. Um, Brock Purdy still hasn't lost a game. Another another season, another Dallas Cowboy meltdown or shortcoming, if you will. Um, th- 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 there's a lot that uh, a lot of different ways you can take this, but Dylan, I I, I wanted to start with you, sir. Um, San Francisco, um beat the Dallas Cowboys for the second straight year in the playoffs. Dak Prescott does Dak Prescott things. Um, and the Cowboys unfortunately sustained an injury to Tony Pollard um, in this ball game. So I'm not too sure where you want to take it, but, sir, give me your thought process and where your head is as we put the bow on uh, the Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49er matchup for, for this year. There it is. Oh, I love it. Every year, death taxes and the Cowboys making me happy by losing in the playoffs. I mean, nothing changes. Uh, You know, there's a song by a a great poet of our time, um, Mr. Sean Carter, uh, a.k.a. Jay-Z, says, never change. Never, never change. And and the Cowboys will never change. Uh, They'll always lose. They'll always lose, man. Um, Listen, that was a close game. It was a good game. Um, To to have that, the the San Francisco offense, right, 
under Brock Purdy scored about 34 points a game um, to hold them to 19 points. And with your offense scoring over 30 points, you would think you would win that game every time. But the Cowboys, you know, it came down to to turnovers. It came down to, you know, you lose power. I, I have a lot of Cowboy fans friends and, and they're like, oh, if we didn't lose power, if we would have won that game. Like, no. You lost, but you got a $90 million running back and you still don't want to run the football. Like, you refuse to run the ball at all. And then it's like, the Raiders, they had no problem scoring on that defense. You guys couldn't do that? Kellen Moore didn't make any adjustments in that game, especially when Pollard went down. They kept throwing the ball. Dak Prescott is and my my older brother is a Cowboy fan. We talked about it. Dak Prescott is really good, but he's not good enough. And that's what you have with him. And can he win you a Super Bowl? Probably. But I don't think that that that, that trio of him, Kellen Moore, and McCarthy is going to get it done. So what's going to give? It has to be Jerry Jones. But I don't I don't see that happening. Listen, Dak Prescott made two boneheaded plays that cost them points. Points, you know, had they might have won that game. But it's it's typical Cowboys, you know. But they just don't have enough. They at quarterback, they don't have enough weapons outside of CD Lamb. They don't, they don't have a receiver to go with them. Uh, and it was boneheaded plays at the end of the game. Um, you know, not getting out of bounds. Um, you know, letting third, almost forty seconds run off the clock. I mean. It's just the same thing. It's a broken record with that team. It's the same thing, and they don't fix it. Trying to think that it's going to repeat, that it's, if you do it again, it's going to change. It doesn't change. It's Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I love it. It's the laugh for me, man. It's the laugh for me. Mr. Harvey, man, I, I wanted to – about this in your lap, my man. The Dallas Cowboys and the 49ers played to a 12 to 19 uh, score uh, out there in, in San Fran. Um, tell me what you feel, man. Tell me what you think about it as you was uh, watching this ball game unfold. I feel like this was a defensive struggle, an ugly football game, and almost looked like these guys were playing in snow. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, I picked San Francisco being at home. I said I thought they had a little bit better roster. And here's the other thing, man. Like, listen, Dak was coming off of a very good game the week before against Tampa. And I think that we could probably say that the game that he played in week one of the playoffs was the best game he played all year. And so, to me, uh, you've got to step up in competition, uh, step up in defense. And, you know, once again, let's be honest, and and I like Dak as much as the next guy. The one thing that we really have not seen uh, from Dak, especially come playoff time, is the ability to string together multiple really good performances. Um, And let's be quite honest, he wasn't great this past weekend. The play calling didn't help him. And it did not help them to lose Tony Pollard either. Like, uh, listen, I know that that's been a two-headed monster in the backfield with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, but Pollard's been kind of the big play guy for them at the running back position. So uh, I, I think it hurt them uh, to lose him. Uh, Brock Purdy did what he had to do. Uh, he 
And let's be honest, he made some clutch throws uh, late in that game. Uh, you kind of had the Iowa connection, right? You had the Iowa State quarterback hooking up with the Iowa tight end, and he was like – he made some throws that I'm not sure that uh, even Jimmy G would have made on that field um, this past weekend. Like, uh, So he stepped up and made some throws when necessary. He got the ball to the weapons. They did just enough. They, you know, they didn't – neither one of these teams – on the defense side of the ball, they both played well. Offensively, neither one of them uh, really impressed me. Uh, and part of that obviously had to do with the defense. But they they got the job done. They did what they were supposed to do. And as I said before, this San Francisco team uh, going into Philly, <laughs> they are the hottest team in the league right now. What have they won, like 13 games in a row now or something, 12 games in a row or something ridiculous? So, I mean, they haven't gotten beat since they were 3-4. and four. So, uh, they have uh, reeled off a bunch of wins. They put themselves in the position, uh, you know, a, a few of us a few weeks ago said that, this is, you know, if Philadelphia wasn't going to make the Super Bowl, probably the team that was going to beat them. And I'm not saying that they will, but I'm saying that, it, as I said earlier, it turned out the way it was supposed to as far as the best two teams in the league. I, I knew that Dallas would play them close. I got a close football game. I thought the home team would win, and that's exactly what happened. Um, big ups for them. As far as the Cowboys go, uh, you know, Dylan, you and I have said this all year, uh, Kellen Moore is not that guy. Right, like uh, some of the playing mad, like like we we've accused him of just playing Madden up there, calling plays and all the different things that he did. I agree with you that it is a that that this trio isn't going to get it done. Some things have to change. Uh, I, I think C.D. Lamb took a big step forward this year. You never know how a guy's going to react to being a number one. I think he took a step forward and looked pretty good. Uh, but Dallas has to continue to to get this thing figured out and find that balance. I, I just, uh, yeah, they they had a good season. They they didn't win that division, but they're about where I kind of expected them to be going into the year. I mean, what you're one of the last four teams standing uh, in your conference, and that's where they were. They're just not one of the last two. So, I, I mean, obviously. Cowboys fans thought that they could win a Super Bowl or contend for a Super Bowl. Uh, I didn't expect them to. I didn't think they'd be a Super Bowl uh, team this year. They finished about what we would expect of them. Uh, It's always disappointing to get beat and and to lose. Uh, I don't know that this is bad enough that you need to blow it up or make any major uh, changes to that staff. Uh, there's, There's not... You know, there's no shame in losing to a really good team by a touchdown on the road, uh, but there there are some plays that they left out there on the field. Uh, th- this game could have been had. They they were right there. They could have had this game uh, had they executed some plays. Uh, but but the better team won. Definitely, definitely, uh, Chandler. What in this with you? Um, you know, this Dallas Cowboy. Um, San Francisco 49er game uh, ended kind of the way we all expected it to with San Francisco with their hand raised victorious. Uh, give me your position as, as you as you saw watching this game unfold on Sunday. Well, I don't believe that the better team that day won. Cowboys were the better team that day. Um, they had the worst quarterback, though. And 
listen, you, you know how I feel about Kellen Moore. I think he's a clown. Always have. Um, I didn't like Kellen Moore when he played quarterback at Boise State. Okay, that's how far back I go disliking Kellen Moore, even though they won a lot of games at Boise State. I wasn't a fan of his day. Okay, yeah, I, that's how far back I go with Kellen Moore. Um, because they never won a big game with Kellen Moore. Never won a big game. Same thing in the, in the pros. But he refuses to make adjustments. He refuses to put his quarterback in position to be successful. He refused to put his offense in positions to be successful. Jerry Jones, how's that $20 million you saved on Amari Cooper? How's that working out for you, bro? How's that $20 million working out for you? Because you could have used another wide receiver, but you paid Michael Gallup. Okay. Oh, oh and, and uh, the, you know, and the, the magnificent. Yeah, yeah, T.Y. Hilton, who you brought off the couch, and Noah Brown, because, you know, we all know Noah Brown is that dude. Come on. Um, But I'm going to put – and I don't normally do this. I'm putting this on deck because I saw a quarterback this season who, like Russell Wilson this season, refused to use his talents properly. It was as almost Dak Prescott was bound to determine, come hell or high water, to prove I can, I'm a pocket passer. I'm a pocket passer. I'm a pocket passer. No, you're not. No, you're not. No, you're not. All of his interceptions came in the pocket. Not all of them, but I'd say 99% of his interceptions came in the pocket on a five-step drop where he threw a ball he shouldn't have thrown. I can force it in there. I can fit it in there. I'm a pocket passer. Dude, you're not. Now, is his lack of utilizing his legs, is that a function of Kellen Moore? Or is it a function of him not being, of him being afraid because of what happened with his leg? Because let's keep in mind, you know, he could have lost his leg. That's got to that's got to affect you in some kind of way. Because the dude we saw this year refused to run when it was there. Even when it was there, Lane would open up. All he had to do was go, and he would throw an interception instead. I'm not running. He ain't going to get me to run. Nope, 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 nope. That's on him. That unless he's willing to actually use his talents, Unless Kellen Moore is willing, call the bootlegs, the, the rollouts, the, the, the moving pocket thing, then I think Dak Prescott is going to get worse next year. I think he'll be worse next year. If they continue to use him as a strictly a pocket passer, they will be lucky to win nine games next season. Because his interceptions are going to go. He's going to hit Jameis Winston-level interceptions. That's how bad it's going to get for him. Dude, think about it. He missed five games. He would have had yeah. well over 22 to 25 interceptions. That's Jameis Winston level. So they had a chance to win this game. And they said, oh, without those six, those, those two uh, interceptions, dude, um, you still would have lost 13 to 12 because your kicker missed another point after. So you still would have lost 13 to 12. Right. <laughs> you still would have lost. <laughs> um, <laughs> he's still a loss. I don't know what that the Cowboys do because was going in. I believe that extra Yo. point was going. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> no, I'm Yeah, I think you have to. Honestly, I do think you need to fire Mike McCarthy. Not because Mike McCarthy's done a bad job, 
But, again, you need an elite offensive mind to maximize Dak Prescott if he's willing to be maximized. And that ain't Mike McCarthy. They damn sure ain't Kellen Moore. Don't keep telling me, but they were the highest scoring offense. Miss me with that. I don't give a damn how many points you score when you're losing games you shouldn't lose. Okay? Yeah, I scored 50 points, but you lost by six. I scored 60 points, but you lost by three. Now, I had 25 rebounds, but you lost. You had, you scored At the end of the day, I don't give, yeah, I don't give a damn about your high scoring offense when you lose. Miss me with that. All of it. That's a mirage. Much like the Minnesota Vikings were a mirage. Who's got to go? To me, who's got to go? Is it Dak? Is it Kellen? Or is it McCarthy? I think you have to get rid of McCarthy and Kellen. But the problem is that no one who is an elite offensive mind is coming in there, so you're stuck with them. Because the Sean Paytons of the world, the Sean McVeighs of the world, the Kyle Shanahan's of the world, guys like that, the Zach Taylors of the world, uh, the Brian Dables of the world, they wouldn't touch their job with a 10-foot pole. So you're stuck with guys like Lincoln Riley or Bill O'Brien. Yeah, that's going to end well. Um, you're stuck with puppets. Tell me the last puppet quarterback, aside from Barry Switzer, who actually won anything in the NFL. It doesn't happen. So, Cowboy fans, until Jerry drops dead, this is what Ouch. you got. Ouch. I mean, that, I mean he's the truth, obviously. I, I actually agree with that. Um, I mean, to, to answer your questions, Dylan, and then we'll, we'll, we'll run it around for closeouts and whatnot. Um, to answer your question, I think, honestly, Kellen Moore will probably be the one to go before Mike McCarthy because I think at the end of the day, he's going to end up being the fall guy. But they, again, I, I, I agree with Chandler. I think they both have to go. Um, but I think Kellen Moore is the one that they, they get to go. Um, they, they, they end up having to let go because, again, somebody's going to have to take the L uh, for what, what we're seeing, especially when it, as it pertains to performances in the playoffs um, at critical moments from your offense. Like this regular season stuff is, is, is for the birds. We need you to perform in the playoffs. And in the last, at least the last two years, versus the same team, you scored 12 points and you scored 10 points. So in the playoffs, you can't do it. And that, that that's what championships are won in the playoffs. Um, one more, anything else with this one before we send it around for plugs and closeouts? Mr. Harvey, Chandler, Villain? Yeah, Kellen Moore should be fired because that's not McCarthy's pick. He was forced on him. But nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change. As mad as Jerry Jones is, you can win with Dak if you had a coordinator that could say, all right, let's get him on rollouts like he was early in his career. Let's, you know, use his legs. Let's get him another receiver. Uh, Cooper Cooper was too expensive to be, you know, just above average, but you need a receiver to go with C.D. Lamb. But nothing's going to change. Nothing's going to change in Dallas. And, and the Eagles are so much better. They're only going to get better. Let me ask you this question, you know, as, as, as it pertains to Dak Prescott and his mobility, because we've seen, especially in the Tampa Bay Buccaneer game, he was mobile. Like, there were several third and, and shorts and third and mediums where he, where he stepped up in the pocket like we were talking about, and he, 
and, and he maneuvered the ball and picked up first downs with his legs or whatever the case may be. So I'm not too sure if it's a mental thing, if it's a I, – I, I don't think it's a play call thing because, I mean, all year, like Chan alluded to, I don't think there was one design, you know, QB rollout or, you know, quarterback – he ran a couple quarterback draws or whatever in the red zone, but – his mobility and his ability to put pressure on opposing defenses uh, with that aspect of his game has been non-existent, especially since his injury. So I think it's honestly uh, more of a mental thing than than anything else. But um, if nobody else has anything left to to talk about, we'll go ahead and send the offer plug and close out. Mr. Harvey, man, thanks for, for joining us this evening, my guy. Give us a plug and a call out as we get out of here. Uh, so one one quick thing that I'll just throw out there. The future is bright in Jacksonville, and uh, Chad Henney's goaded as a backup quarterback, man. Like, nice job putting together that drive. That 98-yard drive made that difference in that game. Uh, but, and Mahomes, uh, a lot of guts coming back in that second half. But, uh, check out the Barbershop on Clubhouse, man. Check out our website, everything we got going on, sportcitychefs.com. More articles coming. Uh, check out our shows throughout the week, Callers Cookout on Wednesday nights. We got a roundtable gumbo on Thursday, so hopefully Chandler and I will be back at it this Thursday night. Uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, Sunday morning's the time of Sunday morning brunch, uh, getting you uh, ready for Sunday's action and also recapping other things in uh Sports. And then, as I said earlier, shout out to phiapparel.co. Use the promo code CHEFS to check out for 15% off. Uh, you know, you guys want to represent uh, Philly fans. Uh, going to the NFC Championship game this uh, this weekend. So, you know, you want to represent. And if you're not a Philly fan, you probably know somebody who is. And so, if they haven't, uh, if they haven't angered you with their hostility anytime lately, then do something nice for them and get them a. Uh, Get them some Philly clothing to represent their uh, their team this weekend, man. But uh, listen, uh, the big homie TP, the head honcho man. If it wasn't for him, I wouldn't be here. Much respect to the three of you gentlemen and uh, Dave, who uh, called in for a minute earlier as well. Very much always enjoy uh, being able to sit down and uh, and chop it up and uh, go around the kitchen with you guys, man. So I appreciate you guys always having me as. Uh, as part of the group, man, and allow me to uh, don the hat and be one of the chefs in the group, man. It's a pleasure and a privilege and an honor, always, bro. And until next time, thank you so much, Mr. Harvey, man. Chandler, man, thanks for popping in and kicking in with us this evening, man. Go ahead and give us a plug and a close out and shut your door here at the NFL Free For All. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Um, hopefully, um, I don't know, man. It's it's just I need so many people to get fired. But um, as always, a lot of fun, guys. Had a lot of fun with you guys. Um, got the games coming this coming weekend. Yes, we will have a show Thursday. I wasn't feeling well last week, so. And um, hey, you know what? It was that shot. At least I'm no longer a right? Jet fan. No, no, yeah, it was a shot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was a shot. The shot I had this week made me miss the show last week. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's it a lot of fun, man. And unfortunately, Scott Rowland is now in the Hall of Fame, and I, I'm done. I'm done with the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's all I got. It's the Hall of Very Good now. It's not even the Hall of Fame anymore. Yeah. Well, 
I'm sure we'll talk about that tomorrow uh, on the, on a free for all, man. Thanks for popping by. I family. ain't talking about that, villain. I ain't talking about that. No, Don't bring okay. that up in my show. I ain't talking about that crap. Okay. 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 <laughs> as soon as I thought, right. I, I mean, was not happy. Yeah, that's that's a, a very touchy, interesting conversation. But uh, yeah, villain man, you know what to do, man. Give us a plug in the clubhouse to get out of here. Yeah, absolutely, man. Shout out to Chandler. Uh, shout out to Mike uh, coming in. Uh, shout out to Dave, uh, New York Jets fan, uh, coming in. Uh, hopefully he gets back on his horse and starts doing some shows with the creeps and the the, 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 the villains and all that good stuff. So, um, listen, watch out for Vegas because Kansas City was favored and the line just changed today. Now Cincinnati's favored. So Vegas knows something. Like TP says, they up to something. Vegas is up to something. But shout-out to PHI Apparel. Get to their website. Use the promo code CHEF. Get 15% off your order. For all you Philly fans, can't scam you. Um, I'm sorry. Um, but make sure you get out there and get your Philly Apparel burning. And make sure you get all that good stuff for your your Eagles in the playoffs. I hate them so much. But um, listen, uh, we'll be back tomorrow doing the college cookout. And, uh, you know, with TP Timeless and myself uh, talking some football and maybe talking some other sports. Uh, listen, there's a Kawhi Leonard signing on the court, not playing. Not in street clothes. So there's always a lot to talk about when he's playing. But uh, uh, good, good to hear yeah, yeah. you guys. I'm out. The Brown's gonna break the record. Yeah, man. Uh, so. He 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 just might. He 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 just might. He he just might. Um, with that being said, man, you know what, gentlemen, I, I love doing this show with you guys, man. We got a couple more of these for the for the regular season in, and then you know we'll we'll talk to the powers that be about potentially doing a uh all season join every once in a while. Uh, baseball is coming back, hit pitchers and catchers report uh, in, in, in February, man. It's, it's a lot to talk about, man. But with that being said, as CP would always say, tell a friend to tell a friend. It's the chefs again. If they don't know, now we know, man. We out. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, chefs, chefs. Sports city, sports city, Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon They well in tune, bloom like a flower in June Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom So tell a friend, it's the Sports City Chefs again Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again Uh.